0: Lord Jesus King of all the earth we gather in your name Jesus to speak about you Lord my heart is so broken with the wickedness in the church not just the culture but the church Lord There's such pride in our hearts, such arrogance in our beliefs, using doctrine to flail one another, speaking demissively of one another because we might disagree about a secret rapture. Lord, I come today begging, beseeching, the coming of the Holy Spirit to establish your people there must be a change we cannot continue in this in this wicked way Lord in that message to Laodicea you said at this last day church you're not even in the church you're outside Lord I hear you knocking on the door And I'm asking, Lord, that you would move in the hearts of your people to open the door. Lord, even more than revival, we need resurrection. We need reformation. We need repentance and sorrow for our wickedness. For, Lord, we have sinned against you and we have sinned against each other. And we have sinned against America. And we have sinned against the nation, exporting such wickedness and calling it righteousness. Oh, Lord, will you come and speak today through this servant of yours? Lord, I will I will only speak what you put on my, on my heart and in my mouth, for I'm no one, but Lord, you're everything. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the master and savior. You're the lover of our hearts. You're our redeemer. You're wonderful your counselor. Come, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I come to Daniel, the seventh chapter. There is a, a change of tone in Daniel 7. Up to this point, we have primarily focused on the wonderful stories of deliverance. But now God begins to give revelations to Daniel. And now it's going to talk about, and Daniel saw. Well, what did Daniel see? Well, I have studied prophecy all of my life. Almost all of scripture has to do with prophecy. Prophecy. The vast majority of it is prophetic. The greatest prophecy in all of Scripture is that Jesus is coming again in the clouds, in glory and in power. We will see in Daniel many of the prophecies have already been fulfilled. And this greatest of prophecies will certainly be fulfilled. And why will Jesus come back to this earth? Because this earth, he's going to totally restore. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. It is going to be the center of his government for the universes. He is coming to redeem his people. He is coming to redeem the earth, his creation. He was the one who laid out the design for an elephant, for a monkey, for a dog, for you, for me. He made us. He is the owner of earth. He is coming back to claim it back from the devil, from demonic spirits who were allowed to come in, who were allowed to take over, Because Adam and Eve sided against God and sided with the devil. But the devil has never made a very good husband. He's a liar, a cheater, a murderer, a manipulator. There is no redeeming grace in this being we call Satan the devil belzebub or his hordes but jesus through the centuries has proven his great love for us he's poured out his heart for us he has come when we are fouled with prostitution and adultery and every unclean thing. And he died for us. That by his atonement, we could be redeemed. We could be washed. We could be brought back as the bride of Christ. I don't know how to even begin to talk about this i i begin to weep as i think about it it's beyond my imagination i've i've never seen such kindness such mercy such abundant love when i look at jesus i know i don't even know the beginning steps of how to love someone for he is the lover of all lovers. Now, as I say this to you, I have a purpose behind my words. I am not going to dive into the prophecies of Daniel and do what I know how to do. I'm not going to go in and go through all of the details and prove to you this and that and claim I'm right, and claim others are wrong, I'm not going to do that. These prophecies were not given to us to use to prove how smart we are, or to prove that we're right, or to be used as clubs against others who might disagree with us. If I say to you, I can find no biblical evidence for a secret rapture, some of you would become very, very angry with me and probably stop listening to this broadcast because you've been convinced you're going to escape the tribulation. Well, I hope and pray you're right. I don't want to go through the tribulation. I want to be caught up before the tribulation. I want to dwell with Jesus. I expect Jesus coming every day. I often look to the sky and say, Jesus, where are you? Come, Lord Jesus. Don't be distant. Come close, Jesus. Rescue us from the paw of this wicked beast power and yet I I see the format I see the beast power coming more and more into view I see the stage being set even in American government for the Antichrist power to come in and to condemn Christians to death. I see it clearly, it's coming. Now I listen to men that I have great love and compassion for in my heart, men of God. And they're saying to me, Look for the great catching away before the tribulation. It's a rapture. We are going before the Antichrist begins to persecute and murder the people of God. Well, maybe. Maybe not. I don't base what I believe on speculative arguments. from scripture I go by what the scripture says I am a literalist except in those places where it's absolutely revealed that it is not literal but symbolic but I choose to believe as literally as possible, what I read in the word of God. And I'd be very straight with you. I don't know a lot. I grew up listening to my father do Bible studies with people on all the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, Zechariah and other prophecies, And then I went off to college and there studied theology. And again, they all went through one whole class just on the book of Daniel and Revelation. And then I went to grad school and again. And then when I graduated, I listened to pastors talk about these things. One thing became very clear to me. There are schools of thought who each proclaim in the loudest of terms that they are right. I'm sorry. I can't buy in with any of the schools of thought. I read the word and I endeavor to go by what that word says because it is the revelation of of Jesus Christ. And so everything else in Scripture for me has to fit into the framework of Jesus. And so I take very literally Matthew 24, 25, passages in Luke that talk about What's going to happen at the end of time? Everything else for me has to fit into what Jesus said. And of course, these dreams of Daniel, they're heavenly revelations. And we've seen enough of Daniel's life to believe that he is a man of utmost integrity, Now, what I'd like to do is just read the Word. And then I'm going to highlight several things that grip my heart. You see, I don't read the Bible for intellectual understanding, even though that's a part of it. I read the Scriptures for my heart to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. I read the scriptures that I could be in Jesus and he could be in me, that I could walk with a pure heart, a pure mind before God, that I could be highly esteemed by him because he has transformed me into his likeness. For me, this is not an intellectual exercise. It is life and death. It is hell or heaven. I cannot read these passages and then go live like the world or go sit down and watch the television. I don't have one to watch. Praise God. But you hear what I'm saying. I just want to read the first part of chapter 7 aloud for you. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible. That's what I'm now preaching from. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and the visions in his mind as he lay on his bed, and then he wrote the dream down, and he related the following summary of it. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Now we know that sea means peoples in other portions of Scripture. The four great beasts were coming up from the sea, differing from one another. Now you're going to note as I read this that it is building on the framework that we were given. In Daniel, the second chapter, the great statue of gold, silver chest, bronze thighs, legs of iron, feet and toes of mixed iron and clay, a stone cut out without hands that strikes it and destroys it, blows it away. Verse 4, The first was like a lion, and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until its wings were plucked, and it was lifted up from the ground, and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind also was given to it. That happened to Nebuchadnezzar. And behold another beast, a second one resembling a bear, And it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth, between its teeth. And thus they said to it, Arise and devour much meat. And after this I kept looking, and behold, another one like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and domination was given to it. After that I kept looking in the night visions and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and exceedingly strong. It had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And it was different. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Now we know that These ten horns represent ten kingdoms, ten powers. While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little horn, came up among them, and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots because of it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts i kept looking until thrones were set up and the ancient of days took his seat his vestige was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool his throne was ablaze with flames its wheels were a burning fire A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him, and thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat, and the books were opened. Now, obviously, there is now a description of our Lord and Savior, of our Jesus. This is a familiar description. If you look in the first part of Revelation, the one who gives the message to the seven churches is typified in the same manner. Vestige was like white snow. The hair on his head was pure wool. A river of, fl- of fire flowing before him. This is the risen Lord in his glory and in his power. I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. In other words, while the horn is speaking, the power that looks like a man, the eyes of a man, the mouth of a man, speaking great abominations against the Lord and against his people. The books are opened. The court is set in the heavenly realm kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire as for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time Now, there's a transition. Part of what you'll notice in these prophecies is that they do not follow consecutively, historically, step by step, but they go back and pick up pieces. In the book of Revelation, that's very apparent. It's a series of plays, and it will leave one scene and go pick up another scene to catch it up. That's what's happening here verse thirteen i kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Do you remember after the resurrection of Jesus? She clung to Jesus, and he said, Don't cling to me. I haven't been to the Father yet. Then he spent time with his disciples. And then he ascended into the heavens. And I believe that after he ascended into the heavens, these verses, verses 13 and on through 14, is a brief description of Jesus receiving The crown. The man, Jesus, receiving the crown. He is now fully man and fully God as he was before. But now he has received dominion and power forever. Judgment has been made in his favor. Now I want you to watch with me. Daniel Verse 15, my spirit was distressed within me and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. So the man Daniel is upset by what he's seeing. He doesn't understand what's happening and I wouldn't either. His primary concern is what is going to happen to my people. And we'll find... That soon in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, Daniel realizes that the 70-year subjection to Babylon is over. And he begins serious repentance and pleading with God to honor the word of Jeremiah that 70 years would bring about the release of God's people. I hope today that you are tragically disturbed by everything you see happening in the world and in the church. And I pray the reason you would be disturbed is because you see the people of God in bondage, and you know it's time for them to be released and to be made righteous. And for the final events of earth's history to unfold. In verse 16, Daniel is still in vision. He approaches one of those who were standing by, and he began to ask him the exact meaning of all of this that he had just seen. And he gave an interpretation. Interpretation. These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will rise from the earth. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, for all ages to come. Some people ask me, Pastor, do you understand the books of Daniel and Revelation? And I say to them, some, but most, I don't understand. But I understand one most important fact, and that is that the saints of God will receive the kingdom in the end and will be the bride of Jesus Christ and will live for eternity that Satan and his angels and his demons And all of those who compromise with Satan, who walk in sin, will be unfit to enter into the new Jerusalem and will be cast into a lake of fire and will be destroyed for eternity. I know how it all ends. I've read the end of the book. Jesus wins. But even beyond that, judgment is made for the saints of God. I sometimes ask Christians, are you a saint? Almost all of them will answer, oh no, I'm still a sinner. If you are still a sinner, If you do not have a pure heart before God and we come to this judgment, you will be cast out. That breaks my heart. For I do this broadcast. In fact, I have a a yellow sticky on on my computer, on the monitor. It says, I'm on this broadcast for only one purpose, to secure the salvation of your soul. I care about you, and I care about your soul, and I want you to be made clean by the blood of Jesus. For judgment is only going to be made in favor of those who are saints of God. Judgment will be against sinners and for saints. And the only way you can become a saint of the Lord Jesus is to ground your weapons of war against the heavenly realm and totally give him possession of your soul. Now I see that. Many of you don't have the slightest clue how to go about that. But listen to this broadcast day after day. It's something you must begin to catch. It means the casual, worldly lifestyle of work money, entertainment, social interaction must all pass away from your life. And you must earnestly read the scriptures and pray and ask the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus to come and indwell you and teach you all that you should know about Jesus. Jesus said he would send the comforter who would teach us what we needed to know in order that we could have a pure heart, not so that we could be superior to a brother or to a sister and put them down because they believe in a secret rapture or they don't believe in a secret rapture or because they believe that revelation has all been fulfilled already or they believe whatever they believe it's about jesus it's not about your intellectual fight verse 18 but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come Then I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all of the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, which devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. The meaning of the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn which came up before which three of them fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts, which was larger in appearance than its associates. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them. Look, this is the end of time. There has not been a secret rapture. These are not left behind saints. The left behind are not saints. They're sinners. These are saints. These are righteous men and women who walk with Jesus. And the scripture says, I kept looking. And Daniel says, that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the Highest One, and the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. If I'm understanding this correctly, and I may not be, but it appears that the saints are being persecuted and God finally comes, Jesus comes, and makes a judgment in favor of the saints. Now, it doesn't end there, notice. Thus he said, the fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth that will be different from all the other kingdoms, and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. That was Rome. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the previous one and will subdue three kings. He will speak out against the Most High. This is what we learn in the New Testament is called the Antichrist. It says, He will wear down the saints of the highest one and he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Three and a half years, the saints of God are going to be in deep persecution. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty of the dominion and of the greatest of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all the dominions will serve and obey him. Look up Revelation, the 20th chapter. It's called the thousand-year millennium. When Christ, with his saints will rule over all of the kingdoms of the earth but not over the kingdom of the antichrist it will be destroyed the beast will be destroyed at this point the revelation ended and as for me daniel my thoughts were greatly alarming me and my face grew pale but i kept the matter to myself what i want you to see is that daniel did not teach us, did not share the seventh chapter to feel good about himself or to establish how smart he was or to be in controversy with God's people. It appears here that there will not be a secret rapture, that the saints of God are going to endure A very painful time of persecution. Intense suffering and persecution. So much so that they will say the Antichrist is making war against us and he's wearing us out. He's taking us. He's overcoming us. He's overpowering us. And they're paying with their lives. Now, what I want to say to you is you need to be prepared to be raptured in a secret rapture if there is such. I'm not saying there's not, I don't know. I know. I've heard all the arguments, I've listened to the pride. I have watched through the years as men have given their interpretation to these scriptures and then been proven utterly wrong. I watched as William Miller, I've read the stories, October 22nd, 1844. and out of that movement came the Seventh-day Adventist Church, of which I was raised in. I soon, however, after graduating and pastoring, had to divorce myself from the Adventist Church because there were too many doctrinal issues that I could not find in Scripture, like the investigative judgment and many others they simply weren't in the scripture do you hear what i'm saying to you today i'm not going to follow a denomination i'm not going to follow any man save jesus christ i ask you please do the same follow my example Men rise up, and they are filled with their own pride and their own arrogance, and they say, this is what is true, and you must believe this, or you're a reprobate. No, I want to be ready if there is a secret rapture, which I don't find in the Scriptures. Or if I must go through a time of suffering and tribulation, I pray that if I'm martyred, I do so with great courage and confidence and a shout of triumph to Jesus. I know I would not be able to go through that without his power. We are entering in America today a time of great suffering. We are coming into a time of of famine, of war. This beast power is going to try to change times and laws. In other words, everything that you now think is normal will not be normal anymore. The laws will be changed. We think today that we have the right to own property. Well, that'll probably be changed. They say we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. I don't believe that, for I believe in the basic principles of our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. To me, those are sacred documents. I don't believe that America is a racist country. I believe that America has fallen into very deep sin and division. And if there is any racism in any of the peoples of different nations, it is because of sin. It's not because one race is superior to another. I believe that all of us who are saints in Jesus Christ are red, not white, not black, not yellow, not brown. We're red. We're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're all equal in the eyes of Jesus. And we all have an opportunity to participate in the building of his kingdom. It's given me great sorrow through the years, A person will come and say, Pastor, this is what you must teach. This is the most important part. And if I don't agree with them, because for me, Jesus is always the most important part. No, Pastor, you have to teach a secret rapture. No, Pastor, you cannot teach that. You must teach this. This is right. That's wrong. Oh, and on and on they go with such pride and arrogance. A man texted me yesterday. He's in a deep struggle because one person believes that you can drink alcohol because Paul said to Timothy, take a little wine because of your stomach. No, I don't drink alcohol. I'm a teetotaler. I want to keep my senses about me but am I going to condemn someone who wants to have a glass of wine with their dinner? Are we really that narrow? Are we that assured that we're right? Such arrogance before God. Or another will say, Pastor, You've got to plant your seed here because if you do, you're going to become wealthy. You'll get a hundredfold return. Really? Should money be ascended to the highest place in the church? Should it become a business? Should it become a seeker sensitive? No, it should be a sinner sensitive. It should call sinners to righteousness. I listen to all of this and I'm so deeply disturbed. There's so much wickedness in our culture, but I'm so disturbed by the arrogance I hear in the voices of men and women as they speak about their dreams and their prophecies and they speak about this and that, and everybody's trying to carve out for themselves a little place where they can be somebody, where they're important, and where they have their ministry. God forbid. God forbid. This is not about a Ray Greenley ministry. This is not about a national prayer chapel ministry. This is not about a Pilgrim's Progress ministry. This is either about Jesus or it's nonsense. <laughs> Kayla just wrote on the chat sheet, I've surrendered my opinions to Jesus. Thank you, Kayla. Wow. Yes. Instead of using our opinions to establish our importance, let's submit our opinions under the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's submit ourselves to what the scriptures actually say and not defame or slander or scoff at or scorn a person who doesn't agree with us about that position in prophecy. But rather, let us ensure that we are saints of God, that we've been forgiven for our sin. and that we will be able to be with Christ in the heavenly realm when the judgment is made on behalf of the saints. David Pawson is probably one of the greatest teachers of our century. I listened to a message he gave last night on the YouTube. He's now passed. It's the late David Pawson. He was an old man in this video. You could see he was very feeble. But he came alive as he was asked about heaven. He came alive, and he began to talk about the glory, the glory of being with Jesus. And he said, I want to live until Jesus comes. But if I don't, I'm going to get a front row seat. Because those of us who pass will be raised first. And then those who remain will be caught up with the Lord. Oh, I want to be with Jesus i want to be with jesus do you lord i just come today and i plead your blood over every person listening and i ask that this proud divisive spirit would be broken in us that we would stop trying to be right and instead be righteous and humble before you for jesus you said that only god is good You, Jesus, are good because you are God. Lord, I desire with all of my heart to dwell forever in you, to be blessed by your presence. Lord, give to us the grace of repentance for our pride. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. you've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. You can write to me at post office box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. We're still way short of where we need to be. Two brothers yesterday sent gifts to help move toward our goal for the month. We're still not even halfway there, though. If the Holy Spirit is calling you, if the work of the gospel is important to you, and these messages are helpful, please help cover the cost of the radio bill for the month of July. So write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195, or you can go online, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I pray that you with me will be humble of heart and that judgment will be made in our favor. I'll talk to you soon.